If you want to start podcast guesting, but you're new to the idea, it can feel really overwhelming. But today, my guest Casey Hayes and I are laying out exactly how to send a pitch that connects to the human on the other side of the email. And by the end, I think I changed my entire outlook on the guest-host relationship. It's a good one, y'all. Let's do it. Welcome to Big Fun Content, the show that helps you stand out from everyone else in your industry by building a brand you love and creating content that's impossible to ignore. I'm your host, Deanna Seymour, a graphic designer who creates high-energy visuals and short-form videos for some of the sassiest, boldest, most rebellious online businesses out there. Are you ready to up the fun in your content? Let's get started. Hey, Casey, how's it going? Hey, Deanna, I'm so excited to talk today. Me too. Can I tell you something? My best friend, his name is KC, like the letters K and C. And I just feel like everyone's always like KC or Casey. And there's like this whole thing with his name and KC. And so you're KC in the Sunshine Band. Yeah, he's like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, whenever I meet a KC, I'm like, oh, so I just wanted you to know that. I don't know. I wanted all the listeners to know that. There you go. How do you feel? It's a name close to your heart. It's very sweet. (laughs) Okay, well, let's get off that little tangent and talk about podcast pitching because you are here today because that is your jam, right? Like you help people pitch or you pitch for them. Tell us a little bit about what you do. And then I want to dive right into like all your thoughts on the best pitching practices. Wonderful. So yes, you're correct. I'm a podcast guesting strategist, which means I help people come up with a cohesive aligned strategy for themselves. And then I also help them pitch themselves to podcast hosts. And that includes coming up with messaging for their pitch email, deciding which types of shows to target, how to find shows, and then managing like all of the outreach and follow up on their behalf. Awesome. Okay. So let's just dive in to podcast pitching. What do you think are the like must-haves of a good pitch? I'm trying to decide if we want to go like negative or positive. I'm like, do we want to be like, don't do this, but that's not good. Let's talk about what you should do. Yeah. Here's what you should include kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing, and it's kind of a broad umbrella and we can pick it apart a little more as we go if you want to, but just to really send a customized pitch. Like there's so much that falls under that umbrella. Something as simple as using the host's first name when you say, hi, Deanna, you know, it's not just, hey, love your podcast where, and it, the rest of it's just so generic that when someone opens it in their inbox, you can tell it's probably been sent to like 50 other people because it was so easy to just copy and paste. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can I tell you a story really fast? One time I was sort of batch inviting people to be on anti-hustle holiday series when I first did it. And I was like copying and pasting some stuff, but there was like parts of it that were like real, but I forgot to change someone's name. And so it was like, Hey, person I emailed right before you. And I quickly followed it up with a like, Oh my God, you're never going to talk to me again because I obviously cut and pasted a lot of this email and like, and was just like, I know you're not that person. I'm so sorry that that happened. And they ended up writing back and being like, hilarious because you know it's okay I'm assuming it's okay for parts of your pitch to be templatized is that the word Tem- template template it is now yes it is templatized I put a little extra syllable in there I think but not the basic details of like someone's name someone's podcast name like 
let's do a little research. Exactly. Let's do a little more, put a little more effort and thought into it. And when I'm sending them out on behalf of clients, I'm spending time like researching and listening to shows. So to me, it's really important to include like a snippet towards the beginning of the pitch, preferably in the opening line of an episode that you listen to and like why it really resonated. And then it can even be about you personally. Like I've included personal stories about why it resonated with me. And then I can like segue into, hey, I'm actually working with someone who I think would be a great fit. And then I go into my pitch of the client and how their expertise would line up perfectly with the host's platform and um, how it feels like a really good aligned match. It's not very, um, it's less salesy and it's Mm -hmm. also more value driven where you're like, I want to help you make a great episode. I think this person would contribute to a great episode kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and it sounds more genuine, right? Like you actually listened to the episode and you thought in your head, and I'm assuming, you know, if you have more than one client, you're not like, oh my God, I love this podcast. Every single client I have would be perfect for this, you know, person. You specifically are like, okay, this is cool. This sounds cool. This would be perfect for this specific client. And I think that's where the value comes in, that you're not just saying, oh, whatever. It's a podcast. It'll do. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. You have a podcast. Yes. Whatever podcast will have me. That's kind of the mindset. I think people that are new to it, you know, that are like, oh, maybe that's something I could do as part of my marketing strategy. I think I could be a good podcast guest. But without a strategy, it's kind of like you're just going on whatever podcast will have you. And it doesn't necessarily maybe even make sense with your Mm -hmm. expertise, with your messaging, with who you're trying to target. Like those people might not even be listening. It becomes like a numbers game where they're like, I want to get on 50 podcasts. And it's like, but all 50 of those can't possibly be true aligned matches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like having less that align better. Yes. Is the preferred. Fewer, better. Yeah. Yes. And also like, why is everybody in such a rush? You could do 50 Mm. over the course of a few years. I feel like people do make goals where they're just like, we got to get on every podcast in five seconds. And it's like, yeah, well, you could have 50 aligned podcasts, but probably not like tomorrow. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Over time. And as you hone into what your best offerings are for each platform and all that, it's very nuanced and very, it's not going to be the same from show to show. And like, you're going to be drawing on different levels of your expertise for the most part for different shows, different hosts, and like different conversations within those shows. Cause like how you and I are talking right now, we didn't necessarily like plot and plan everything out. And that happens on a lot of shows and Mm -hmm. it's fun how things can kind of organically develop and you get to share your expertise in more natural ways like that. Yeah. Okay. I have a question for newer people. So let's say, cause you were kind of saying too, when people first start, they want to go on a million podcasts. Um, do you have any advice for new people who immediately are like aiming for the stars? Like, we don't want to tell them like, no, you can't be on. Everybody always says Joe Rogan, but I guess he's like the the cliche example of some famous podcaster. But do you have any advice for what size podcasts or, I mean, honestly, how do people even know the size of podcasts? I mean, I guess I just believe everybody that Joe Rogan is really famous and he's at the top of the charts, (laughs) right? But like within online business... How do we even really know? Is there a way to see people's stats? Like, I don't think, is that like public information? 
It's not. And that's, that's really interesting that you mentioned that because I've had clients ask me this very question too, where they're like, well, I want to be on a show with, you know, X size audience. And it's like, well, that information is not really public, but what we can do is compile data from a few different resources. So we can look at listen notes, which is ListenNotes.com. You mm-hmm. can find a podcast on there. They have like general global rankings on there. And then they have something called like a I think it's called a listener rating, which I think is drawn from listener engagement, like how often their shows are being downloaded or something like that. So there's that. And then you can also look at reviews. So like Apple reviews, Spotify reviews, the number of reviews can give you an idea. I mean, it's not foolproof. Again, it's just kind of like how much data can we compile to get a sense of the audience. And then I also look at Instagram audience and Sometimes Facebook, a lot of times people aren't spending that much time on Facebook anymore, but Mm -hmm. Instagram audience, that's where a lot of people seem to be engaging with podcasters. I think because of like the video format and reels and stuff is really fun and easy, but that's typically like where I kind of pull a lot of different data from different places, because like you said, that's not really public information. We as podcasters have the information of our own podcast, but that's not Mm -hmm. out there for the general public to find. Yeah. Isn't that freeing? I'm like, I wish everything was hidden. Like, you don't know how many followers I have on Instagram. You can like it or leave it. Love it or leave it. Don't follow me. I have 10K followers or whatever. I just think it would be interesting. And what I was thinking too, while you were talking is let's say you've never been on a podcast before. Would you recommend people start small? I mean, you kind of got to get your feet wet and practice, right? Like you don't want to waste your big opportunity I don't want to say waste. That sounds like elitist or something, but you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. some podcasts I've been on and then they don't have more than 10 episodes or 15 episodes, but I was on it and it was good. And when I first started, that was like the perfect place for me to be where it wasn't like high pressure. Do you have a thoughts on that? Am I being? Yeah, <laughs> no, not at all. And I think it makes a lot of sense because as a new person who may or may not have public speaking experience, which is the only thing I can kind of relate podcast recording to. You're not in front of an audience that you can see, but it's still public. And yeah, I think it helps. Kind of a rule of thumb that I think about is what is the experience that my client has? I just worked with a client who used to teach in university and she used to instruct yoga. So she's like very comfortable breaking down topics and distilling them into information that people can learn easily digest and all that stuff. It was no big deal for her. She was not going to get intimidated by like audience size or anything like that. But yeah, like keeping that in mind and keeping a sense of you almost want to try to look for podcasts that are on your level, if that makes sense, that are like sort of like your peers So if you're early in business, you kind of want to find other podcasts that might be early in their business. You have like common ground there. I think it helps you build up your public speaking skills, like your interview skills, letting yourself decide, like maybe you had an idea of what the interview was going to be about and now it's changed in the middle and it's kind of like, okay, well, which route do I want to take? Kind of like think a little quicker in the moment type of thing. And then as you do get more comfortable and as you have more podcast credits, And you're building your Spotify playlist, I hope, of your podcast guesting spots. You can kind of start branching out and reaching out to more of the people that are, I don't want to say ahead of you in business, because that sounds, like you said, it just has like a weird sound to it. But there's always going to be someone ahead of us and someone like a little behind us or wherever on our journey. 
And mm -hmm. I think as you've had more experience, not only do you feel more comfortable, but you look a little bit more credible to those people because you already have credits associated with your name. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you, <laughs> I'm like story time again. When I was first starting to pitch to different podcasts and stuff, this is back when I had my other podcast, Imperfect Party, I hired someone on Fiverr to just give me a list of a bunch of podcasts. Like I sent him my one sheet and then he sent me this big spreadsheet. And some of them were not a fit at all, but it was like a nice way for me to just start looking because I was like, I don't even yes. know where to begin it. But one of the ones he sent me, I applied to. I was like, oh, this person looks super cool. Da, 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 da. I think I honestly, too, was like newbie. So I was like, oh, I know enough to write a pitch that sounds like I, you know, I didn't like listen to a full episode, whatever. And then I found out she was like on E! News, like with Mario Lopez. And I can't even think of her name what? right now because I just don't watch that. Like, I don't watch E! News. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. I remember my mother-in-law was in town. And I was like, I got a podcast tomorrow with somebody from E! News. Da, da, da. Well, I went and did the podcast. And then later they were like, oh, we decided not to. <laughs> not to use your podcast <laughs> and I'm like yeah of course you didn't it was like I don't know I want to say like my fourth or fifth podcast interview like it was no oh, wow I had no business doing it I think it was just a funny topic it was my fuck it mantra and they were doing like a wellness um segment but I was just I won't say terrible but I was new at speaking on podcasts and like speaking with someone who was a journalism major and like a host on E! News or whatever with Mario Lopez. I don't think I cut it. So the other point is like you might waste your time and they might not even air it. So I like the idea of going with a peer. You'll feel more comfortable, yes. I think, and it will just be a better fit than trying to reach for the stars, which I mean, that was just a weird, a weird thing. I'm not trying to say my What a cool breaks, story, but... though. That's amazing. <laughs> like you always will have that now. <laughs> I know. The time I... Wasted an hour of my life rambling to an e-news person that I should look up and see what it was. But anyway, I guess I trauma, I like blocked it out. I was like, never mind. I don't like you anyways. Hilarious. Okay. So I said for the Fiverr person, I sent him my one sheet. I actually am going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to ask you your thoughts on one sheets and if they're still relevant in 2024. You know I love a good podcast. Weekly, bi-weekly, podcast series, audio course, I seriously love audio. If you're thinking about creating some audio content, you're going to need some help branding it. How will it sound? What music will you use? What's the vibe? What will the cover look like? Do you need social media graphics to promote it? I'm here to help you do all of those things. Head over to DeannaSeymour.com to learn more about how we can make your audio dreams a reality. Okay, so let's talk about one sheets. Are they still a thing? I feel like I was like really into them for a while, but I'm a really graphic designer. So are they still a thing? Do we still mm. need a one sheet? I think it just depends on your background and the type of shows you're targeting. It's been helpful to have one sheets, I will say, for the clients that I've had, but not everyone I mean, is I really love asking. Sheet. Yeah, they're I so love, cool. I love like, one sheet. It's cool to like distill your information down, especially a client that I had who was the one I had spoken about earlier who taught at university and she instructed yoga and stuff like that. It was really cool to have those credentials like all together in one place to demonstrate her expertise a little bit more cohesively. And then that also would free me up because I'll just attach it to the pitch email in addition to the pitch, not just by itself. And so that would free me up in the pitch to say something a little bit different because I already know, okay, well, this is taken care of on her one sheet. I can get to the nitty gritty a little bit faster in the pitch without having to include this huge paragraph of text that someone's going to be like, I don't want to read this whole thing. I just open this and it's full of text and it's overwhelming. 
and they mm-hmm. just want to have someone on my show and I don't know. <laughs> okay. So yes, definitely don't just like send them your cute PDF one sheet and be like, here you go. Do you want me or not? Cause that puts a lot yes. of the work on them to read it and yes. think about how you fit into theirs. So I feel like I got excited and we went off on a little bit of a tangent, but back to the pitch itself. Cause you just talked about if it's super wordy and, and all that stuff. So we know we're going to say their name. We know we're going to say their show. We know we're going to have something to say specific either about their show or sometimes I can do it just by being on Instagram or maybe you like know someone, right? It's nice to be like, oh my gosh, so-and-so was just on your podcast. Maybe you listen to that episode and that person's like your friend. It doesn't, and tell me if you disagree because I don't want to like take over your episode, but it doesn't have to be super deep. Like it doesn't have to be that you listen to an episode and you give them like a regurgitation of everything they said to prove that you listen to it. The point is I'm a real person writing this and I'm actually writing it to you specifically. Like I have an idea for you. I'm not just pitching podcasts, right? That is exactly it. Yes. The ultimate goal when you send a pitch email is how can I make it as easy as possible for them to say yes in Mm. a short amount of time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so how do we do that? So we already said like, hey, what's up? We listened to your show. We know we would be awesome on your show. I'm assuming we have to tell them why or how, or what's your next step? What do we do? Yes. So as the guest strategist, so I'm pitching on behalf of people. So it'd be a little bit different if you're pitching yourself. Overall, the principle is the same. You want to have quick bulleted ideas. Please don't send the whole thesis breakdown of, you know, (laughs) as great as it sounds, as much as I'm sure you're an expert on that topic, you have to assume that podcast hosts are busy. They're already getting pitches from other people. So you want to think about, okay, how can mine stand out a little bit? How can I let them know, like you said, that I'm a real person and I really listened to their show. And Mm -hmm. then how can I connect what I know to the purpose of their show? You don't want to be pitching, say, a podcast host who's just like a really generic example, like they are known to be like a proponent of the keto diet or something like that. And you've been a vegan for 20 years. That's just not going to be like a value match. (laughs) And you want to think about that too. Like, is this going to be a value match for me? Do we have the same core values from what I can tell and how to just creatively connect that as fast as you can in the copy Mm -hmm. so that you're not like going on and on and on about yourself and because you're really making it about you, but you're also talking, you're making it about them is what you want to do. So Mm It's just a creative connecting of that without overloading whoever's reading it. Yes. Well, I think one thing that keeps coming up for me too is I'm like, yes, the people. Like number one, you're pitching to a podcast host. Yes, but they are a person. And their listeners, the people who listen to the podcast host podcast are also people. And you're a person. I know I'm saying people a million times. But the whole point is, how do you connect with the host? And how can you two create something together that's going to benefit the people who are listening is like what you just said, but it boils down to people and like how you're helping them. I mean, I always get like, you know how you're about pages and about you. And I feel like you were like saying the pitch is about you, but it's really not about you. It's really about how you can help them. Right. I mean, it's about you and your expertise and how that is going to be amazing for them to share. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's going to be the podcast host, like their question as they're opening a pitch is how is this person going to help me? And your Mm -hmm. job is to answer that really quickly and make it easy for them to say yes. Yes. 
So getting ready for this episode, I downloaded your guest pitch checklist. And I noticed that even on there, you talk about trying to come up with maybe even offering a episode title for them, which as a podcast host, I'm like, yes, (laughs) I would be like, (laughs) you're on. Thank you. But yeah, taking work off their plate. Right. And also letting them like painting the picture for don't you see how this could totally be an episode on your podcast starring me? It yes, amazing, right? Exactly. It just like take the next step in your imagination of how this will look in your podcast queue. XYZ title featuring moi. I know. I'm gonna be up in Canva like making the cover art. Just kidding. Like, here's the here's my graphic. I'll start sharing this to social media now. Thank you very much. Just kidding. I won't do that. Okay, so I like that because as a podcast host too, it's like a lot of work to keep coming up with awesome topics, finding people to be on your podcast. So getting a pitch that's really good and takes that off your to-do list, they will be like excited. It's not like they're doing you a favor letting you on. It's like, it's a mutual benefit. It's a value driven. Yeah. You're trying to think about as the guest, how can I, because it is and it isn't, but it is a big ask to, and this is where people hire me because they're like, I don't want to it. I don't want to pop up in people's inboxes and send cold outreach. That feels scary. And I'm like, I'll do it. I don't care. But it's like, how can I make this ask of like, I'm asking you to feature my client on this platform, which I take seriously. You know, that's a big deal. But also here's the value that they can bring and how they can bring it. And I think it would actually be really mutually beneficial and helpful And maybe even opens you up to a little bit, maybe different audience of listeners, because maybe this person has listeners that they can bring to this episode when they share it on their social media, like, oh, I was on Deanna's podcast. And then you kind of get like an influx of listeners to that episode and they Mm -hmm. hopefully stick around. But yeah, the mutual benefit is something that I think weirdly gets overlooked in pitching. And I'm trying to like really establish that in the work that I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it benefits everybody. Okay, let's talk about after the interview goes live, because sometimes it's very different, the experience I've had with different hosts or different people, and honestly, at different times in my business, when I'm really organized, when I'm not organized, let's talk about how you can share it afterwards, Um, in terms of like, how often do you share it? How much do you share it? What do you feel like is the bare minimum you should do if you're on? Or what do you think is unreasonable for a host to expect you to do or what's like girl you gotta do this great question and it's interesting because I've actually guested on a podcast where the host didn't even care if it got shared which I was like it kind of cracked me up just like the differences (laughs) in your experience and guesting on other shows the difference in like philosophies and opinions of different hosts is really fun to observe but typically just as if you want to call it guesting etiquette I would definitely share on Instagram if you have an Instagram. Share it to your social platforms. A lot of the times, and it's not necessary, but a lot of the times the host will provide like some type of graphic, whether it's the cover that they're going to use. And you can share that as like the the graphic for your post. They make it really easy a lot of the time. So there's really, in my opinion, no reason not to share it. Um, So just pop it in your feed, share it to stories, and then also include it in your email newsletter. 
because that's your curated audience right there that wants to know more about you and what you're doing. And that's a really cool value add at the end of a, a newsletter where it's like, hey, cool thing. I was a guest on this podcast. Here's the link to it. Check it out if you want to hear more about us. We're going to really deep dive onto this ABC topic. And I think it'd be really helpful for you to solve whatever problem you're facing in your life. And then too, like we mentioned earlier, having the cool Spotify playlist of your episodes is really neat, especially if you're really making a commitment to podcast guesting as a long-term strategy to have that as part of like your pitch, maybe towards the end, like, Hey, if you want to just glance at some of the episodes I've already been a part of, here's my Spotify playlist. And then the host is like, Oh, this is so cool. They already have enough to make a playlist. This is something they take seriously. And it kind of sets a little bit of a different perception of you in their eyes. It's more of a professional, more of a, an authority and someone that can really deliver on the value that you're promising in your pitch. Yeah. Well, and it shows them too. Their podcast will be on the Spotify list in a weird way. In the future, they'll be on the list. But I think it definitely makes you look like boss. And so what, just in case you are like, what are y'all talking about? We're just saying on Spotify, the podcast episodes go up on Spotify. So for me, as soon as a podcast I know I was on went live, I just go search my name and click on the podcast tab and then find it. Usually it's right at the top because it just got released. And I just add it. I have Deanna Seymour's podcast playlist or something like that. And I just make sure my newest ones are at the top and it just keeps going back and back. But yeah, over the course of the few years I've been doing it, I'm like, ooh, look at me. I look fancy. I look like an expert. And I wanted to also go back to what you were saying about sharing in your newsletter. When you were saying that, I'm like, it is mutually beneficial because Like you're saying, it helps your audience with whatever you talked about on that episode. It also makes you look cool, right? Like, I mean, people want to be like, hey, I was on podcasts. Like, look at me. I I feel like like a little expert right now. So you want to share that. But it also helps the podcast host because if people click on it and listen, then their downloads go up. And so I think during this episode, we just uncovered that we need to reframe this as not podcasting necessarily. I'm not saying you have to change. Everyone, we're changing the whole industry. I'm just saying, even through this, like I have all these light bulbs going off being like, this is totally a collaboration. It doesn't matter whose podcast it is and who's the guest. It is two people coming together to make a cool piece of content. It doesn't matter who's hosting it or who's making the graphics. You're both hopefully sharing it. You're both involved in the conversation. I just... I'm excited that you came on today because I feel like it has even reframed me because even as someone who's done it a lot, I still feel like the underdog, like I'm pitching you, like the host Mm. is up here and the guest is, hey, sir, can I be on your podcast? (laughs) (laughs) But now that we're talking, I'm like, hold up, because without guests, I mean, obviously there's people who just record solo episodes, go on with your bad selves, but I love guest conversations. Those are the podcasts I like to listen to. And if that's the kind of podcast people want to make, they don't have anything without guests. So they need guests to make their content. And so it's not this hierarchy that we're talking about. It doesn't even matter if they were on E! News. We were equals. We were collaborating. Me and that lady. I will figure out who Who she was. Who is currently unnamed, but will be discovered (laughs) soon. (laughs) I signed an NDA. Just kidding. No, I didn't. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. Is there any last things you want to add for people? I feel like this has been awesome. And also if you feel nervous because we talked about the Spotify playlist and you haven't done any yet, it doesn't matter. That comes later. Don't freak out and be like, oh, I can't. 
I'm not going to look impressive because I don't have a playlist. I don't want anybody to feel like that. I've got to get out there and work towards that. If you don't Um, have a playlist, if you've only been on one, just include the link to that one. It's no big deal. You can just say, hey, I've been featured on this podcast so that they know you know what you're doing. You've been on one. And you don't have to say, this is the only one I've been on. Just, hey, here's an example of a podcast interview I've done. Link, the end. And like you said, I think that's such a, the the hierarchy piece is like, ah, like sh- louder for the people in the back kind of thing, where it's like, don't yeah. be afraid to approach people. Uh, that's why I'm not scared to send cold outreach, because I know that this person is offering so much value. And I'm like, you would be lucky to have them on your show. Not that they're entitled to it, but I think it would be such a great match. And just having that energetic shift about it when you're doing it for yourself, I think can be really helpful. Yeah, I love cold outreach because I feel like it's also fun to be like, what is that movie where it's like, this could be the start of a beautiful friendship. It's fun (laughs) to be like, oh my God, you seem like a person who's cool. And I feel like we could totally make this cool episode. And I think it's exciting to send those and see what happens. Okay. I need people to go download that checklist for sure, because there's even more stuff that you can do to follow up. And the checklist is a lot longer than everything we talked about. But I just want to say thank you so much for being here. And honestly, shifting my perspective when it comes to collaborating, I'm not even going to say guesting, because I'm changing the word collaborating on a podcast episode with people. I think this was awesome. This was awesome. Thank you. This was so cool. Want to connect with Casey now that the show's over and you want to grab that really awesome PDF? You got to head over to her website at CaseyHayes.com. That's K-A-C-E-Y-H-A-Y-E-S.com. Or you can find her over on LinkedIn at Casey Hayes or on Instagram at Casey H. Hayes. Yeah, there's an extra H over there on Instagram. Thanks for listening to Big Fun Content. If you like what you heard today, Think about pushing that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Also, I would love it if you would leave me a review so more people could find me. Wink, wink. And last but not least, if you want to remain in my world and get some really fun emails in your inbox, head over to deannaseymour.com newsletter to join my email list. See you next time.